BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. The feeling I get when I can bless somebody feels better than when I do stuff for myself sometimes. And that could actually be, I could be hurting myself sometimes. I don't even know it. But that feeling that I get from helping people, bro, it is the best feeling ever. Mm. It feels better. I've... I've got a big check before. Not a single check has ever felt. I, I've never felt something comparable to how I feel when it comes to me giving somebody else a check or paying somebody rent, helping somebody with their groceries, helping somebody with the funeral or anything, bringing them flowers, anything like that, bro. It's really a indescribable feeling that I get when I do that. Describe myself in two words, rich and unemployed. These stones cost two birds. Let it count it when she bored. Deposit hit chicks, clearing ace. Nothing void. I know that ain't my ex calling. Null and void. Where we going? Money going up. Money counting. My money going up. She still counting. Money going up. He ain't got it. My money going up. Welcome again, sir, yes, sir. the Rich and Unemployed Podcast, where we interview young entrepreneurs, rich, poor, middle class, whatever, and we got my homie. What's up, man? Introduce yourself. What's up, what's up, man? Thank you for having me on. Thank you for having me on. Uh, my name is Trails, CEO, um, entrepreneur, owner of Cancer Brand, We Can Survive, uh, songwriter, relationship, building guru, business coach, father, Husband, uh, gospel worker, you know what I'm saying? Philanthropist, humanitarian. Yes, sir. Cancer brand. Tell me about it, bro. Like, how'd you come up with this? So, um, I had my aunt, Laura. She was like my mom. And when I found out I was adopted, we got really close, really close. And um, she ended up, she had cancer. She beat it the first time. And she, she was like, she was like my idol. Like she was in real estate in Milwaukee. She mm-hmm. had the Cadillac. She had the Escalade. She had the uh, the CTS. She lived a different lifestyle than I, you know, than I was. I was. We was in the hood. We didn't get to live like that. And I used to always be like, she had the big cribs and everything. I used to always help her like do landscaping, mow the lawns, shovel the snow. She used to give me a little bit of money every time I got an A or an honor roll. She took me shopping. Like I just loved that lifestyle that she provided and what she used to teach me. And we got close, really, really close. And she ended up passing from cancer. Um, and when she passed from cancer, I always was good with the pen. I was a songwriter, rapper, battle rapper, mm-hmm. all that. And one day I came up with the name uh, Answer. It was Answer, A-N-S-W-E-R. And then I put the letter C in front of it, and that spells cancer. Mm-hmm. And I made that clothing brand for her. When she died, she left me $2,000. And I used that $2,000, and I started 
the awareness brand. And I was in Green Bay, Wisconsin when I started it. I had like the Packer players wearing it. Um, the GM of the Packers, Mark Murphy, like I, I got me to the farmer's market, the mayor. It was, it was doing pretty good in Green Bay. But, you know, being young, I stopped focusing on it. Right, hold on, pause. You said she gave you $2,000. $2,000. What did you do with the $2,000 to even like start? First thing I did was get the LLC. I mm-hmm. went on LegalZoom, got the LLC. And I paid for a whole bunch of shirts. I paid for a website. And I did a kickball event. That's another thing I did with that money. I did a kickball for cancer event. And I, and, uh, that was something else I did. And, but the money was gone at that point. And then I was working at this slaughterhouse, killing cows, whatever, to maintain and keep the money. <laughs> and then um, I was stacking up with that and just putting all the money into the clothing brand. You know, and um, that's what happened. That's $2,000. Like, $2,000. A lot of people think that you need a lot of money to start, like a company, start a clothing brand. You started with two bands. Two bands, bro. And I couldn't do anything with that money because I was 21. Mm. I could have went shopping. Dude, I'm from 2000. You get $2,000. I, I think that was actually the most money I've ever seen in my life. How long ago was this? This was 2017. 17, about five years ago. Yeah. So that's the most money I've ever seen in my hand at one time. 2000. 2000. That's crazy because <laughs> it's crazy, bro. Like, yeah, that's really the most. And I, but I knew what to, I was like, I got to do something big. I got to do this on my AT. It was hard, though, because in Green Bay, Wisconsin, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Wisconsin's actually ranked the number one worst place for a black man to grow up. There's no opportunity out there. It's not, unless you're going to work a job, yeah. you know, go to school, you know what I'm saying, that. But, like, that was never me. I dropped out of college when my professor told I was in for business. I said, hey, uh, how much money do you make a year? And he was like, I think he said, like, like, 40, 50. I was like, wait, you own a business? Mm-hmm. He was like, No. And I was like, wait a minute, why are you teaching me business if you don't have one? And I dropped out right then and there, and I took a manager job at Sprint. Same kind of, st- well, not the same story, but I was in college, and I kind of just gave up on it, bro, because I just didn't see the, I didn't see me working a nine to five, and I just just quit yeah. and, you know, started hustling. But um, what cancer did your, um, what cancer did she have? She has stomach cancer, and that's what this purple actually stands for. Well, it's periwinkle. So this one's stomach cancer. Mm. Each cancer has its own color. So like yellow is children's cancer, pink is breast cancer, purple is pancreatic, orange is leukemia, um, green is lymphoma. It's every cancer has its own color represented. Mm-hmm. So the brand ain't just it isn't just about um one type of cancer, because most people only know about breast cancer, pink, because that's the NFL, so right, right. you know what I'm saying? So it's to bring awareness to the situation. So, like, what's your marketing strategy behind it? Because, like, cancer is, you know, like, a very sensitive, very, like, it, it, it touches people. Because, you know, you just, you just like, there's a lot of people that have been affected. I've been affected by it. Like, my mom passed away from cancer. First, she had breast cancer, went through chemo, kind of sort of beat it. Then the cancer came back, and uh, it was, like, bone marrow cancer or something like that. Well, the cancer was in her bones. Man. And um, I know I was affected by it. So, like, like, what's your marketing strategy? Because, like, I, I didn't see different type of people in your stuff, celebrities. Yeah. Like, uh, how you do it? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest, bro. It's, it's I, I learned a lot of things from working these. I appreciate every job I had. Sales, like, just learning and just paying, being intentional with what I was learning. Mm. But I took every sales job I had, I took something from it selling insurance that was what really did it when i was selling insurance to be honest 
I was working for Aflac. I was 22 and I was selling people supplemental insurance and people would have cancer and I couldn't give them a policy. Right. Like, so somebody said, I have cancer. I literally had to look them in their face and tell them no, because it's something called pre-existing conditions. So you keep, mm-hmm. A lot of people don't um, prepare. We're not proactive. We wait till things happen. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it just happens sometimes. You don't know. You don't ex- no one expects to get cancer. You know what I'm saying? But that impacted me a lot, having to tell people, no, that I can't help you when you have cancer. So one thing I do is um, first I learned in sales, emotion sells. No, it's crazy that people say sex sells. No, emotion sells. Sex does sell, but emotion really sells. When mm-hmm. people get emotional, what do they do most of the time? They buy. And I realized that the impact that I make, first I make the impact. So when I come to people, it's not right away just, oh, I, I show them the donations. I show them what I do. I show them the impact. That gets people like, oh, it gets people open enough to tell me, like, bro, like, it's not easy for you to come out and say I lost someone to cancer. Mm-hmm. I, give, I, I give people that vulnerable space to say those things. You know what I'm saying? So, uh when I approach people with the brand, it's, it's really just a, um, hey, I tell them my story. My aunt died from cancer, left me some money, and I used it to start this. Boom. I'm, I was surprised by how many people were actually impacted by that. Like, it's a lot of people. but And that's it's sad, too, man. How many people are mostly, how many people are really going to tell someone, no, my aunt died from cancer, left me this money, and I started this brand. Will you buy this? Mm-hmm. Who's going to say no to that? And I, it's, but I, Especially somebody that's that been through it. Especially right. someone that has been through it. And... Um, I'm sincerely only doing this for the impact. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, I see that you don't do it for the money because I know you told me that, like, some of your income, you're donated. Oh, yeah, big time. Makeovers. Um, I got content. I got so much I got so much content in me helping people. I haven't even posted it yet because I'm doing this whole rebranding thing. But um, I went to Milwaukee, this little girl named Maya, for Christmas. Surprised her. Got her on the phone with some of the celebrities, you know, Pretty V, Lakia. Uh, she wanted to talk to them. They FaceTimed her. Uh, I took her, me and my wife took her shopping, got her a makeover. My wife's a celebrity makeup artist. So she did her look real beautiful, you know, just help people pay their bills, flowers, funeral calls, stuff like that. That's really what I do. Mm. But it's to a point now where I'm, um, I had to, I had to pull back a little bit because I was really doing it out of just the profits of the brand. But now I know more about business and there's Mm -hmm. another way to go about that. But yeah, I I made a lot of impact in that way, bro, for sure. Why though? Like, why not? Why are you just doing it to help? You know, because people start businesses to, you know, make money, put the money in their pocket. Why? That's the thing. It is the why. Because my auntie left me that money. It wasn't to do nothing stupid with it. Mm-hmm. I really am about impacting God for real, bro. Like, the feeling I get, I just told my wife this today, actually. The feeling I get when I can bless somebody feels better than when I do stuff for myself sometimes. And that could actually be... I could be hurting myself sometimes. I don't even know it. But that feeling that I get from helping people, bro, it is the best feeling ever. Mm. It feels better. I've I've got a big check before. Not a single check has ever felt. I, I've never felt something comparable to how I feel when it comes to me giving somebody else a check or paying somebody rent, helping somebody with their groceries, helping somebody with the funeral or anything, bringing them flowers, anything like that, bro. It's really a indescribable feeling that I get when I do that. Let's talk about the clothing, clothing line. Like, mm-hmm. You help people with their clothing brands. You help people with their their companies, right? Yeah. Like, okay, what do you do for people? Okay, so this is what I do. A lot of people, and, I, and I, I've been blessed to be around you, Maddie's, the Mitches, the Neos. I've been around a lot of entrepreneurs, all the top entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. One thing I realize, a lot of people look up to them for mm-hmm. where they are, right? Mm-hmm. And they just want to be that. But a lot of people just look at, they just want the money. They just want the success, if you're chasing money, most of the time you don't have purpose. 
right? Like purpose is important to me. We had that discussion. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I feel like yeah, we did have that discussion. Mm-hmm. Finding a, I, I show people how to add a purpose to whatever they're doing. A lot of people be like, I want, I don't want to work this job anymore, but I want to do something, but I don't know. Okay, sit down with me, and we'll put a plan together to actually start a clothing brand, start some kind of digital product, and we'll add purpose to that. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have purpose, when it gets tough, you're gonna stop. That's just a fact. If I wasn't passionate about we can survive, I would have been stopped. Mm. Like if this clothing brand was called Big Booty Strippers, mm. I probably would have been stopped because the stress that goes along with building the clothing brand is intense, bro. And uh, it's a lot of things. Manufacturers screwing you over, finding good vendors, uh, sending pe- customers, all kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So uh, paying influencers, paying things like the shade room and stuff not turning out the way you want it to. I would have, but my purpose and my why is the reason I keep going and the impact that I make. So a lot of people need to add that instead of just saying, I want to be rich. I want to do this. Yeah. I want to do that. Because you're going to stop. As soon as any kind of trial comes, you're going to stop. I think you asked me, like, what was my purpose? I, don't, I couldn't really answer it. I know it wasn't, it wasn't for the money. Like, for me, I built this shit off of struggle, right? Like, I'm not even, I'm not making money from this brand. I'm doing this because this is something I love to do, something that I came up with while I was probably at my lowest point in life. Mm-hmm. To see it like coming into fruition is that's that what makes me like you know keep going. Like when I see this shit, like when I see people reposting my shit, when I see yeah. people wearing my shit, like I bet like I, the shit that I went through wasn't just for like for nothing, yeah. right? Like, but like my purpose for it, like when you asked me, I was like, man, shit, I wanna I wanna help the kids. I wanna I wanna help people that. That been through what I've been through. You know what I'm saying? Like, shit, I've been through juvenile. I've been in the streets. I've been, I've been through a lot. So like, I want to help you. I want to help the youth. I want to help, you know, people that was like me. I want to help people become financial literate. You know what I'm saying? Like, but yeah, I, I like that, bro. Yeah. Helping people figure out their purpose. And then once you figure out, once y'all figure out their purpose, like, okay, from there. I have a whole framework, bro. It's called the, uh, the trimester framework. Uh, you don't have, you don't, you don't have kids, do you? Not a single kid. Not one. Not that I know. Not that you know. Okay. All right, well, I have an eight-year-old. So one thing I realized, uh, well, everyone pretty much just knows the, um, the woman's anatomy and how, how, to, how a baby is born. But how long does it take the baby to be born? Okay, nine months nine and then months. five weeks before that? Yes, yeah, sometimes, but okay. uh, preferably not. Nine preferably months. nine months. Okay. Uh-huh. So uh, what do we call our businesses? You don't have a baby, but what do you call your business? A baby? Your baby, mm-hmm. exactly. So what I do is I have these nine steps that are comparable to nine months. So mm-hmm. you can birth a successful business baby, mm-hmm. right? But it's not nine months. It's a 30-day process. For sure. 32, 60 days, depending on which client, what, mm-hmm. what they want to do. But uh, within these nine steps, we're going to get that thing popping. What's the nine steps? Okay, so the first step is going to be to find out what hurt you what you overcame were a cause that you want to support, right? Let's just use my business, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, something that hurt me was cancer. My auntie died from cancer, left me some money, boom, boom, boom. That hurt me. So the second step is going to be to form the business around what hurt you. So that would be a clothing brand. That's step two. Mm-hmm. Step three is content. You, you see how I get with the content. Like, I go crazy with the content. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the first trimester, first three steps. Mm-hmm. All right? So the fourth step is going to be build a community. Mm-hmm. Um, I always bring Travis Scott up to my clients. Travis Scott can literally dookie on a piece of paper and sell it, and it's going to sell out. Why? Because he built a community around him, right? Um, I, I also tell people to build a community for the, um, for the simple reason that, say, for example, TikTok. 
when you watch one TikTok video, it goes right to the next one. Yeah. There's no, um, go, there's no, there's really no way for you to go click a link and go to it. Like it's literally next video, next video, mm. next video. It's too many distractions. Someone can literally go on Instagram right now after this interview and say, Hey, I want to follow. I want to go look up. We can't survive. But what can happen when, as soon as they log on Instagram, they might see Ari, they might see shade, they get, Rone, they get distracted. It's, even if they intentionally went there for, we can't survive. But if you have a community, which is a discord, Reddit, something like that, as soon as you go into, you look, you go on Discord to find We Can't Survive, that's all you're seeing. Mm-hmm. It's all there. There's no shade room post in between. There's no ad. It's just you're there in that community. And then a lot of people don't understand, too, when you have a community, if I have, for example, when I had that shade room post, my brother Maddie actually told me not to do the shade room. <laughs> he told me to wait. I should have listened. Mm-hmm. But I'm learning. I'm learning as I go. He said, wait till you build a community first. All those followers that I got from that shade room post, they went to my Instagram. Imagine if they all would have went to my Discord instead. Mm-hmm. Say I got 4,000 people go to my Discord. Every time I drop something in there, it's going to sell out. Mm-hmm. But on Instagram, they're only going to show 10%, and then they got all those distractions. Mm-hmm. You're asking someone to get off of a free app. People on Instagram and TikTok is free. You're asking someone to get off of a free app to go to my website where you're going to have to pay something. It's like kind of selfish in a way. I'm asking you to stop what you're doing to buy something. That's not what you came to Instagram to do. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I tell people to build a community. Um, after the community, it's going to be website. I build websites. I got people that build websites. We're going to build a website that has a good conversion rate. They're going to have all the apps, data collection, and all that stuff, which, which is the next step, which is data collection. Step seven is going to be influencers. Eight is going to be blog post, shade room, stuff like that. And then step nine is actually going to be ads. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to recycle all of that stuff. So those are the nine steps. And if everyone, it's all about impact. Impact first is all at the top. So you get to the, because if you don't have the impact and the, and the content's not emotional and you don't have something I call the three W's, which is uh, what hurt you, which is uh, the first W, which is what hurt you. No, no, no. The first W is who you are. Mm-hmm. Who you are is the first W. Step, then the second W is going to be why you started it. And the third W is going to be who you're helping. At the end of it, if you don't have who you're helping, it doesn't matter. Who are you helping when you get through doing this? Mm-hmm. So in my story, you'll see, my name is Montreal Elam, which is who you are. My aunt died from cancer, left me $2,000, and I started this business with that money to help, and that's why I started it. And then I donated, and am currently donating thousands of dollars to help people who are battling cancer. That's the three Ws. Like, you have to have all that stuff implemented. Impact over income, all day, every day. And it works. It works. It works crazy, bro. I, I, I didn't get it at first. No, it works, bro. When people, yeah, I think about it, those commercials that come on super early in the morning, right? With the dog saying, can you, with the slow music in the background, mm-hmm. with the super sentimental shots, they still run those commercials to this day. Why? Because they work. They make you emotional. You see a little dog with the, they yeah. still work, bro. Mm-hmm. Even with the little babies in Africa, they still mm-hmm. run those commercials to this day. That shit do work. <laughs> it worked, bro. You be sitting there like, you feel bad for not even donating. You yeah. be like, I'm going to hell. You feel me? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I study a lot, man. I study all the entrepreneurs that I'm around, bro. Mm-hmm. When it comes to building relationships, bro, that's that's it, bro. Um, community. It would seem like you would. it would be easy for you to start a community because, you know, there's a lot of people in that mm-hmm. that has been affected by it. So, like, you haven't, have you created Discord yet? Yeah, I have a Discord, yeah. Yep. So, like, what type of content 
are you putting in the Discord? Okay, the dis this is are you making people feel emotional in there? Like no, the Discord isn't for me at all. See, this is the thing, the way I'm building my Discord. So I am a entrepreneur, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm I got other things that I want to do. That Discord is for them actually to love themselves, right? So for example, if it's a hundred people in there. They're all talking to each other. They're all talking about their stories to each other. They're all uplifting each other, giving each other resources and things like that. That's for them. I don't, I don't, and it's the thing too, because I've never had cancer before. You know, mm-hmm. think about it. People that have cancer don't really want to, um, what can I say? Yeah. I, have, I have something called Crohn's disease. I don't want to talk to someone that doesn't have Crohn's disease on how to fix it. Mm-hmm. And I put myself in their shoes with that. Like, no, they're there for each other. Even when I'm going to, I'm putting together right now a retreat. I want to do a retreat for, I want to take 30 to 60 people that have cancer or survive cancer or whatever, and I want to put them on a cruise or a trip or something like that, and they all can just mingle with each other, love each other, and stuff like that. That's the kind of stuff I'm trying to do, but that's also a community-based thing. Mm-hmm. So that's what I want to do. That's what I, that's more impact, because they're uplifting each other. I wasn't even thinking about that, because I thought if I created a Discord, I got to be the, no, the, no, no. the head honcho and trying to like you know give out information and direct these people. No, no, no. You start off doing that, but... Mm-hmm. The things that are going to lead them there. For example, my brother Corey uh, taught me something. He said, uh, Corey support psychologist. He taught me this. He yeah. said, um, you ever have somebody that call you and only ask for only when they want something? Mm-hmm. That's kind of what time. we <laughs> exactly. That's kind of what we do with our clothing brands. Mm-hmm. You got to think about it. like so. It's like even when I first started cancer brand, it was more of every time I dropped a new piece of merch, that's the only time I would post. But I, I got this new method that I came up with called the 3GA method. It's called three gives, three G, the 3GA, 3GA, three gives and an ask. So what I'll do first is I'll give you a, a, a statistic. You can see on my Instagram page, so it'll say seven out of 10 people are gonna something, something with cancer. Boom, I gave you a statistic. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's impact, right? The next post might be um, a story, right? Go on, you know, put a, put a story up. I, um, this, the dude that plays for the Trailblazers, Anthony Simmons, whatever his name is, his grandfather just died from cancer. I used that story and I posted it. I gave someone a story, right? Mm-hmm. And then that's impactful as well. Then the third one is I'm going to give them a resource. Do you know, if anyone has cancer, call this number and boom, 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 boom. I'll give you a resource. Now I'm in a position to ask for something. Hey, this new shirt's coming out. I did it with this one. Mm-hmm. I posted something that said, um, most people only know about breast cancer. There's 40 different cancers. Boom. That's a statistic that no one knew. Mm-hmm. Then I posted a story of someone talking about all the different types of cancer, right? Then I dropped a resource to teach people about the different types of cancer, cancer, which is a resource. Then I finally dropped this. And you actually build up sales that way, too, because now people mm-hmm. are kind of expecting this. Mm-hmm. If I just drop this out of nowhere, it's kind of like, that was kind of, incon- that was kind of selfish. Yeah. It's kind of out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting that. You know what I mean? It's a whole system and a, a formula to do this. Put the odds in your favor for you to actually grow. Mm. Yeah. So three gives and an ask. It's like my boy Maddie tells me. He says, uh, "Do you have a? Do you make enough deposits to actually ask for a withdrawal?" <laughs> and that, that was actually relationship advice. Do you have a? Do you make enough deposits in your relationship to actually ask for a withdrawal? Some people are just de- taking, taking, mm-hmm. taking, and then they wonder why things crumble in their face. Mm. Um. So let's talk about you being homeless. Like you used to be homeless, right? You told yeah me. for a minute, multiple times, multiple times. Yeah. When was the last time you was homeless? Last time I was homeless was two thousand nine, right? Before two thousand nineteen, two thousand twenty, two thousand nineteen, and two thousand twenty. Actually, it was like right at the 
beginning, because the beginning of 2020, my life changed. Yeah. How, how'd you become homeless? So the first time I became homeless. When you went home, because sometimes when people say homeless, they like, no, you know, I was homeless, homeless. Like, they ain't got nowhere to stay, they go sleep at somebody's crib. No, 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 I was sleeping out. I was on the street. Yeah, I was, I, I was, yeah. First time I was homeless. See, this is the thing, I always wanted more, bro. Like, I always just was like, I was in a city where like, Nobody supports you. Family, don't your dreams are too big. Like me saying I want first because I, I really was doing music. My only thing I wanted to do was do music, bro. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about I'm fired with the music. And I always pursued that dream. That's actually why I came to Atlanta. But when I was first I went to California. That's the first time I ended up homeless, was going to California. I went to LA and I went out there with my guy, uh went out there to link with my guy business boy. He produced a party next door and all them. And he told me I could stay on his couch. And me being irresponsible and all that, I messed that whole relationship up. Just being irresponsible. I went out there, lost my social security card so I couldn't get a job. Lost my wallet after that. Fell asleep on the bus. Somebody robbed me. Put something, I guess they put something over my nose and I was out. And I, I didn't even know I was at, where I was at. That happened. So when I, I kept, it's like stuff kept happening to me when I was out there. And I'm the type of person, I don't like being a burden on nobody. Mm. So I took that L. So when I was out there, I was just like, you know what? I ended up just staying out there, sleeping on the benches, kicking it with homeless people. <laughs> and then one day I called my pops. <laughs> I got all this documented on my phone, by the way. Like, mm. I got all of this stuff from 2016 till now. And uh, I called my pops. I was like, Dad, I'm out here bad. <laughs> I'm out here bad. I need help. I need help. And my mom and dad don't got it like that, so it hurt to even do that. But I, they ended up helping me. They paid for me to get on a Greyhound bus to go live with my cousin in San Diego. And I stayed there for a month. Stacked up some paper, doing some side work with him. Then I went back to Wisconsin. When I went back to Wisconsin, I ended up getting this little uh, <clears throat> slaughterhouse job, killing cows, just stacking up, stacking up. In my head, I was just like, as soon as I stack up another couple thousand, I'm gonna go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And I did, and I uh, ended up. My brother actually ended up calling me. He he hit a jackpot in uh, Vegas. I mean, in, in the casino in Milwaukee. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he was like, I want 10000 bro. Let's go to Vegas. <laughs> I said, bet. Mm. Left my job. I went to Vegas with him just to do it. And he paid for everything. And he lost all his money in Vegas. He lost that whole 10000 And at this time, I had the clothing line. So I was pissed that he didn't even invest in a clothing brand. But he was paying for the trip, so I ain't say nothing. But when I went to Vegas, that show, I was like, oh, my God, this is life. I didn't know life was like that. Like, I didn't know about that lifestyle. Like, mm. L.A. and Vegas are two different things. Like, L.A., it's kind of quiet. It's kind of like you got to know somebody to be in. Like Vegas is just up, fast life. Nightless is crazy, bro. And I was like, I want to live like this. So when I went back home, I started selling weed. That's when I started selling drugs. And then I almost went to jail. I almost got caught. They did this big drugs thing. And I lived right across the street from the Packers Stadium. So I had this house where when I was selling drugs, nobody would ever. All, across, all these nice houses across the street from me was like party houses. So I didn't have neighbors because I knew the owners of the Green Bay Packers, GM of the Green Bay Packers, they helped me get a crib across the street from the stadium. I was just trapping out of that, straight mm-hmm. up trapping. Then I got my baby mama a crib right next to me. I was just hustling and trapping, bro. This, I feel like this crazy. I don't really talk about it. I feel like just yesterday this happened. But one day I, I had a customer that I had. He used to always buy an eighth. You know what an eighth is, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I was selling them for 60. Yeah. I was selling them things for 60, slanging them. And now one day I pulled up on him, and when I pulled up on him, he had like a whole bunch of SWAT team, like whatever you call those uh, drug tax, whatever you call that stuff. It was like 30 of them outside his career, bro. Mm-hmm. I hit that U-turn so quick, 
they they were selling cocaine. They were selling the big stuff. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So they were they was they were selling it, moving it. But me, that I realized I could have lost everything. I was bringing him. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I had a, I, and I said I never sell drugs again. So then what I did was I got a construction job. <laughs> And there was a construction job that helped we travel. It was a union job. So what we did was uh, we would do highways and airports and stuff like that. And then I took that job. I stacked up for three months. And I took out. I, I acted like I was going to go to college. And I took that financial aid money. What do you call it? Uh, the refund money, whatever that thing is called. And I was, so I had 3000 from that and 3000 from stacking up at the construction job. And I said, I'm going to go to Atlanta on my birthday for this thing called A3C, AC3C, something like that. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to go out there and kick it for a week and I'm going to come back to Wisconsin. I ended up coming back. I ended up going to Atlanta. I ended up networking. I was like, uh, I ended up linking with Dro. I paid the security guard to let me get on, like to get me talking to the DJ. I paid him a hundred. Then I paid somebody else something. And then this dude named Oatmeal, the dude that owned, I think he owned Spinnerella. So I don't know. So I don't know if he owned it, but I know he worked with Spinnerella and all that. I was like, bro, I got 500 for you right now. Let me get on stage. He was like, you know what, bro? You ain't even got to pay me. I'm going to let you get on. And he let me get on stage. And it was Dro. It was Lucci, Brother K, and some other artists. And I went up there. The girls was going crazy. And I was like, going wild, going wild bro. <laughs> I got all this on my phone, by the way. Yeah. Everything is documented. Mm. And I was like, when I was on that stage, I was like, I'm not going back home. I'm not mm. going back home. And I was staying at this apartment. I mean, not this. I was staying at this uh, hotel called the Aloft, something like that. Yeah, I know you're talking about. And I'm not, I'm from the city. Like a, I'm from Milwaukee. I don't really know about this stuff out here, like how stuff moved, the Ubers and all that. We ain't doing that. So Ubers took my money. The Aloft took my money. Eating took my money. Not knowing where I was going. I was taking the Ubers for $75 because I was going, I ended up getting, I'm talking about, I was moving all over the place, trying to get in the studio sessions, trying to fit in, trying to do this. I literally had three outfits that I wore every day. I'm talking about, I, I was out here just trapping, bro, but I was broke. I'm talking about, I had nothing. Then I was trying to get jobs. The jobs were so far from where I, and if I, oh, no, actually, bro, I end up, it's crazy, but this is so funny. It was this dude that I met at the A3C thing. He can sing. I was just, I had this one blue check mark following me. His name is Brian Michael Cox. You know who that is? He a producer. He's the one that produced for Usher, Mary J. Blige. He a legend. Brian, Brian Michael Cox. He's a GOAT. He was following me, though. So I would use that as leverage. Like, hey, bro, I'm cool with my Brian Michael Cox. Um, I'll manage you. <laughs> so I told the dude I'll manage him if he yeah. let me sleep at his crib. Mm. I know how to talk. I got it done. He let me stay with him for a month. But I ended up getting kicked out of his crib because I lost his keys. But I, I saw, I was like, man, I, can, I, gotta, I, I just had to keep moving, going to couch, to couch, to couch. But then it got to a point where I was really out sleeping at Walmart and Waffle House. Literally sleeping in the bathroom of Walmart, and every time the lights would turn off, because it's automatic lights, they sensors, they'll turn off, and I'll wake up every time. And then go to Waffle House when the buses started, until the buses started running. What I would do is I'll get on the phone, i walk in there, and I'll get on the phone like this and be like, uh, yo, where you at, bro? I just try to slide past. No, no, I just sit at the table. I, I, sometimes I, I will have money to order food, sometimes I won't. I'll, just oh, be, okay, like, okay. I'll be like, where you at, bro? Man, what, bro? I'm waiting at Waffle House. Well, you supposed to come get me an hour ago, bro. Like, all right, bro. And I just act like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? They'll be like, you can stay. Don't worry. Don't worry. So you really on the pursuit of happiness, bro? I was on the pursuit. Of my <laughs> I'm telling you, dog. It's like when I think of, and I got all of this stuff documented. Mm. Bro, it's crazy. 
But um, yeah, I was working at this place called DHL. It was like a forklift job. See, that's the hard part too. I have something called Crohn's disease. It's an autoimmune deficiency, so I can't keep a job. I always have been a hard worker. Like I had every job, selling cars, selling jewelry, selling Kirby vacuum cleaners, uh, selling insurance, selling cell phones at Sprint. I was working at the slaughterhouse construction. I always knew how to get a job. That's where I come from. We work, you know what I'm saying? If you don't work, you a lame. And, um, but I got to a point when I was like 23, I was, my health started to really deplete. Like I was getting, I was sick all the time. Like, so jobs are firing me left and right. That's actually what made me start selling weed actually. Cause I, I kept getting fired from my jobs. They took my gallbladder out when I was 18, but they misdiagnosed me, but I really had Crohn's disease. So when I got 21, 22, it really started hitting me. Bam, 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 bam. So it's crazy. Cause I haven't had a job in like three years, two, three years. And it's like, God is good, bro. Like I had no choice, but to be an entrepreneur. You started the cancer brand back in 2017, so mm-hmm. I guess you didn't take this no. serious until when? I didn't take 2020. That's when my life changed. 2020. Actually, um, I ended up getting a situation. I was writing these songs. I, was, I ended up being a songwriter. I did catch some breaks, right? I was in studio sessions for Ruby Rose, Claremont Twins, Ty Dolla Sign, uh, writing songs for NBA Youngboy, all, all kind of stuff like or hooks for NBA Youngboy, stuff like that. I was in situations where I always thought I was going to make it, bro. I was like, I was close. I was close. I was close. But they snatch it from me every time. Like every time. It was like God was protecting me or God was telling me I'm not giving this to you. I don't know what was going on, bro. But I'm telling you, I literally had Ruby Rose rapping one of the songs I wrote. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a payday. Mm-hmm. I remember I, call, I, told, I, I called my girl. I sent her the song. I sent my brother the song. We was in a car. Me and my brother was in a car. I was geeked. Bro, she never released the song. She kicked it off the album or whatever she was going to do. Claire, my twins, they didn't take it serious. I'm talking about every situation I had got snatched from under me. When I met Troy Taylor, he's the dude that's responsible for Trey songs. I was at his crib writing, doing music every day. That didn't work out. Nothing was working out with music. And I said, you know what? I, oh, my, my man, my, well, he was my manager. My, he's still my homie, though, Thomas. He linked me with Jazzy Faye. Literally, me and Jazzy Faye, that's my guy. I got all these relationships. Atlantic Records told me they was going to sign me. I had all these situations. Nothing broke through. And my girl is literally sitting there watching. My heart get broken all the time. Like, I got all this stuff documented, bro. Mm-hmm. I repeat. And um, I was like, you know what? I'm focusing on cancer brand. I'm focusing on cancer brand. And when I focused on cancer brand, bro, I'm talking about like, it went crazy, dog. It went good. No, it's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. My biggest month was 40K. But that was a blessing because I'd never seen that much money in my life. Mm. Ever. You know what I'm saying? And I donated a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I was like, let me stick with this, bro. Then I started meeting people like Corey and Justin. I, I got really close with Maddie. Um, Maddie brought me around everybody. Mm-hmm. molded me, taught me everything. Like I really, he, he, Maddie's the reason I'm even with the faith I got with God, bro. Like Maddie, thank God, changed my life. Real talk. So it's like, and it's funny because I met Maddie when I was homeless. You said, you told me yesterday, you said, you an a-hole, bro. <laughs> you an a-hole. You a whole different person when you hoop. But I met Maddie hooping like that. Mm. And I had my first clothing brand. I told you it's the word with the answer and the C on it. And I was, t- I told everybody about my clothing brand. I was like, Maddie, I, I, I didn't know who he was. I was, but I said, I got a clothing brand, bro. Boom, 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 boom. He said, take my number. So his number was saved in my phone. Three years later, I see him pull up in the I-8. I actually just lost my wallet at Walmart, bro. Me and my girl was so pissed. Like, I just lost my wallet. So I was running around Walmart looking for my wallet. And I missed an opportunity to network with 2 Chainz or, or no, Schooly. His name's Schooly. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. 
and I was just pissed. I was like, man, I was supposed to, I really want to link with 2 Chains. I was like, man, I got to get 2 Chains some gear and stuff. But I was losing, I lost my wallet, so I was just running around looking for my wallet. I couldn't even network with Schooly. So I missed that opportunity, and I was just kind of mad when I walked out Walmart. I was, you know, boom. My girl called me and told me my wallet was in her purse. I was pissed. I was like, why you got my wallet in your purse? And then when I was walking out to my car, somebody pulled up in the I-8. This is how I feel, this is why I feel like, bro, God is real, bro. But, uh. He pulled up in the I-8. As soon as I seen somebody in a foreign car, I always talk to him. I'm networking. That's what I do every time. Well, used to do every time. But uh, I was like, hey, I got this cancer event coming up for Tracy T and Pretty V. So Tracy T, um, mom had cancer, and I you know, did put this event together for his mom. And Pretty V, that's my sis. So boom, boom, boom. I said, hey, I got this event. You should come through. He was like, oh, that's dope, bro. I can't come through because me and all my guys got something we already uh, got scheduled. But take my number. His number was saved in my phone already mm. three years ago. And he was like, wait a minute. You had a clothing line, da, 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 da. And he saw that I was stuck in with it. So that showed him that, showed him that I stick to things, my consistency. Mm-hmm. And me and him, he started inviting me to hoop sessions and uh, events and stuff like that. And it got me an opportunity to build with everybody. That's how I met you, I think, on the yeah, Wednesday yeah, hoop yeah. session. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But that's how that happened, bro. And it's, it's, it's funny because I feel like every situation, even my wife, bro, I met her when I first got to Atlanta. The first pair of shoes I bought in Atlanta was these black, pink, and blue Air Max. She was cute, but I was out here just being, you know, a player. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't looking for no nothing. I wasn't doing nothing. I was just like, hey, let me take you out to dinner. She put her number in my phone. I didn't call her. But then one day, when I was sleeping, when I was sleeping at Walmart type times, one thing I did was I, I always been resourceful. I was like, okay. I got certain people following me right now. So if I tell people I'm a songwriter, it looks believable. So I would literally hit up people that got a very small amount of followers, 10, 15,000, because I knew they would reply back. And I would be like, um, hey, I'm a songwriter. 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 Just to get in studio sessions and network. And one day, so my whole algorithm on Instagram was nothing but song singers that can blow and she can blow. So one day on the explore page, she popped up on my algorithm. And I DM'd her, boom. I was like, hey, um, I know Brian Michael Cox <laughs> and this person and this person name dropping. Finesse. But, you know what I'm saying, finesse. And uh, I was like, let me write you some music in the studio. And I got music that's fire. So even when I send people stuff that, oh, this is fire. Oh, yeah, let's work. So what happened was she ended up booking a studio session with me. But I sent, she sent me her number and her number was in my phone already. I was like, why is your number in my phone? How is your number in my phone? And she goes, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But then when I went to that studio session, she saw the shoes that I had on and she remembered she sold me them shoes. Hmm. I was like, oh, that was like seven, six, seven months ago. Every situation, so God has put so many situations in my life to where it's like I planted a seed and I never was supposed to eat the crops like that quick. I had to let it grow and then hmm. come back to it. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Even with me finding out I was adopted, I yeah. didn't find out I was adopted until I was 15 years old because my brother was dating this girl that was my sister the whole time. Crazy, bro, I'm telling you. The, Your brother? Ain't that his yes. sister? No, I'm adopted. I didn't know oh. I was adopted, bro. I didn't know I was adopted. How you find out? Bro, so I'm literally going to school one day, and he's been dating this girl since, like, sixth grade. Now, he's a senior. I'm a freshman. And one day at the lunch table, and we was all close. One day at the lunch table, she was like, I have a twin sister. She was like, you and Kate Tell are my brother and sister. I was like, get the get the f- out of here. You cat, we ain't say cat back there, but you you lying. Yeah. And 
it's crazy because I've I always been inquisitive and like looking, like you know what I'm saying, like. But I never, I'm, I'm taller than everybody. I'm six two, ain't nobody. But you and your sister was together. Me and my twin sister. But I thought everybody in my family was my family. Yeah. I never once thought I was adopted ever. So what happened was, uh, I went home coincidentally, bro. Me and my mom was watching the Birth Channel that night, and I was like, Mom, did it hurt when you had us? And she was like, Ah! She started screaming and crying and telling me the truth and what happened. And at that point, I was already suicidal. I was suicidal at that age. I was, I'm talking about, bro, you ever watch that movie called Antoine Fisher? Mm -hmm. That's how my life was, but worse. Mm. So I was suicidal. I was, I'm talking about like, when I found, I already felt like the world didn't want me. So when I found out my mom didn't want me, she put, uh, my mom told me that she put bleach in me and my twin sister bottle. And that's how we got taken from her. And it, I, I snapped. I'm talking about, I snapped, bro. I literally, this is, this is, this is why I don't play the bullying. I don't play with bullying because people make jokes about stuff like that, but it's real. Like them kids that go up and shoot schools, that's real, bro. Like mm -hmm. God is so good, bro. I promise you after that time, after I found out that I was adopted, bro, and all, it was a whole bunch of other stuff happening to me that my family never knew that was really mess detrimental to my mental detrimental. Oh my God. That's a detrimental. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's fire. I got to do something with that. But, um, I had this dude on the bus named Eric. He was always nice to me, but he was, he was like a, uh, uh, one of the tough dudes. I was like, Hey bro, I got somebody on the block messing with me. I need, I need that gun. Boom, boom, boom. He's like, I'm gonna bring it tomorrow. Bro, my intention, I got, I tell you, I got bullied to the point where my cousins was bullying me to the, they, my cousins was putting me in the trash cans. My family was dumping me in the toilets. Like, it's like, I didn't, nobody, I felt like, then I found out my mama didn't want me. Mm. That's like, that was like the camel, the starter broke the camel back. So what happened was, uh, Thank God, bro. He was gonna bring that gun because I, I, I know he was. A snowstorm happened in Wisconsin, bro. Then the next day, my mama moved me to Green Bay, which is two hours away from the school. I'm telling you, bro. If it wasn't for that, I would have been one of them kids. And it's crazy, dog. When I think about that, like that's God, bro. Wait, who's gonna shoot? Any, anyone that ever laughed at me, anyone that ever picked on me, anybody that ever stole my lunch money, anybody that ever beat me up for no reason, I'm telling you, it was going to be bad, bro. That, I had no, I had no, I was, my mom and dad had me, they had me on this medicine called Ritalin or something like that too. Yeah. They had me, bro, I'm talking about, they, in this, I'm telling you, bro, I didn't know, I was a kid, bro. And it's funny because even as an adult, this is why I don't, I, I think excuses, I don't believe in excuses, you got to take accountability, but like, kids don't know better. Mm. kids don't how can I be that's like if I met the dudes that did that to me I actually met one of the dudes recently that actually was one of them dudes he apologized <laughs> it was funny but like I don't look I can't look at you for what you did with, as, a, as a child Yeah, you didn't know no better you probably had some messed up situation going on at your crib but like mm. I don't play with their bullying stuff bro like it's real dog it's not just a white thing because a lot of people kill themselves I was suicidal mm. I'm telling you bro when you find out your mama did what she did and you find out then people messing with you, then you do this, and then you poor, you ain't got no money, you doing this and this and that. Bro, what do you know as a kid, bro? Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it get, that's what I'm telling you, bro. Like life, I'm blessed, dog. So when you when you gonna kill these people, are you gonna kill yourself afterwards? I don't I don't know, bro. I just I just wanted to cause harm on anybody that hurt me. That shit real. I used to be one of them them kids uh bullying people, not even just I used to just be a clown, bro. And I used to just make fun. You don't know no better, bro. I didn't, bro. But you got to think, if you calling somebody gay mm. and they go home and they get molested, 
Right. You don't know what's that doing to somebody. You calling somebody broke, but they really living with roaches and this and that and this. Bro, you don't know what you do, but kids don't know any better. Yeah. That's why I'm really big. Like, my brand is actually called the, it's called Awareness Clothing, A-W-E-A-R. That's what my business is filed under. We Can't Survive is a subset. It's like an under it. Mm-hmm. Cancer awareness, but it's going to be bullying awareness. I have Crohn's disease, so it's going to be a Crohn's disease awareness. I'm going to have an awareness for everything, bro. Mm-hmm. This brand is going to branch off to so many things one day. But I'm big on impact. That's why I'm saying impact is like a genuine thing for me. Like, it's no cap, bro. Like, I'm serious. I got a mission, bro. What's your goals for your company? I want to open up foster cares because I'm adopted. I want to um, I want to get, I want to speak. One thing I really want to do is speak. Like, I'm going to speak soon. Mm-hmm. Like, for sure. Like, uh, um, I just want to be a leader with that stuff, bro. Like, help people really get to know God, get to know themselves. That's one reason, too. Like, a lot of these people, I, um coach it's so dope because i feel like they're able to be vulnerable with me because when they say stuff like i got one client that's been in a domestic violent domestically violent relationship right she was like i'm so nervous to talk about what people are going to say about me i said uh-uh. i tell her my story and guess what, what what do you think happens after i tell her my story open up she's like oh my god i can tell my story and mm-hmm. and then she tells her story and she attaches her I'm, i got some clients bro that's about to come out with some big brands that's about to change some people's lives bro your story is not made for you. It's mm-hmm. not. My story is not made for me. I'm not in the mirror telling myself, hey, Trail, you was adopted. You was this. And be like, oh, yo, no, my, that's weird. I'm not talking to myself like that. My story is to impact other people. That's why God gives you those stories. Just like your, your stories and your talents are the same thing to me. Some people don't have a crazy story, but they have crazy talent. I was somebody that I had talent. Don't get me wrong, but I, I, I'm, I value my story a lot. Because mm-hmm. I'm excited that I went through all I went through and made it out. Mm-hmm. And that's why I try to tell people, too, with my coaching. I tell people, if you're money hungry, I'm not, I don't take every client. If you think about money, 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 I don't want to work with you. Because that's not, at the end of this, it's, I don't, it's supposed to be impact, impact, impact. And I tell every client, I show you how to bring impact and take your story and add purpose to your brand so you can do it for other people. That's what I teach people how to do. Mm-hmm. Money is going to come if you do the impact. It is. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, dog, that's 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 how it go. That's deep, bro. Being around all these entrepreneurs, because you're around some heavy hitters. Oh, definitely. Thank like, God. Thank God. And I don't know, a lot of people, like, buy into their lifestyle. Like, mm. buy into, like, and they, they kind of see, like, because all of them kind of sell a dream or sell a product. And, and people look at that, like, as motivation, and they see, like, okay, well, Anything that they're selling, if I buy it, I can be just like them. I can obtain the same things they have. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you feel about that? To each your song, I don't got no problem with it. Get your money. But like I told you, because I'm big on the impact, I feel like it's kind of, I feel like sometimes it's misleading. I ain't going to cap. Mm-hmm. So, for example, um, it was a, for me to be around all these, I was broke when I was around everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody don't got that mentality. I was, I'm securing myself. So I could be around millionaires. I could be around 50s. I could be around anybody and feel like I'm the man, right? Mm-hmm. I don't feel like, oh, I have to have that. I have to have that. I have to have that. But I feel like a lot of people don't got that. So that's why I feel like people, with me, I just can't do that to nobody. So this is why, I, um, for example, everybody wants to be with the designer and the foreign cars and, uh, and the lifestyle, the travel and all that the $100,000 months, but in reality, you got to learn how to get to $5,000 a month. 
Mm-hmm. That's what I feel like needs to be promoted more. You know what I'm saying? Because to be honest, a lot of people will never make that much money. Five thousand a month. How much is that a year? It's like sixty. A sixty. That's crazy, bro. Like some people are making thirty, forty thousand dollars a year, but they're looking at a hundred thousand dollars a month. Like you skipping steps. I feel like, and it gives people false goals. It gives people these. Everyone's like me. And my wife was just talking about this. I was like, she was like, goals, goals, all these goals, all these goals. And I'm like, babe, but like, it hit me out of nowhere. I was like, babe, like. How many um how many how many goals are in a basketball game? Two. All right. How many goals are in a football game? Two. How many goals are in a soccer game? Two. Hockey game. Two. Lacrosse game. Two. I get the point. What? All right. Yeah, you get it, right? <laughs> All right. Imagine if you added one more goal to a basketball game. It'd be complicated. It'll be chaos. Right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we got to kind of look at it like, OK, treat each month as a goal or something like that. But everybody has these like treat it as quarters or something. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. finish each game, then go to the next one. Mm-hmm. But everybody got all these goals and goals and goals. And then they wonder why it never happens. Pot on top of each other. That's it, bro. Uh-huh. It's chaos. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Then you wake up and you're 35 and now you feel this pressure. Oh, my God, I got to really get it. And now you got those. It's, it's like, bro, like that's that's why I feel like. A lot of these courses and coaching and the masterminds, some of them be fluff to me or mm-hmm. cap or selling dreams. And I'm not with that. I personally can't do that. That's mm-hmm. why I teach people. I'm, I'm going to show you straight up. Hey, I'm going to show you how to add impact to your brand. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show you how to make $5,000, dollars $20,000, $30,000 a month. And if you can't appreciate that, that's crazy to me. Because I, I was just reading something that was talking about how people all, you got to be careful being around people that always say they want. I want this, I want this, I want that. Because actually when you're saying you always want something, you're also you're you're actually always saying that you're lacking. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like mm-hmm. if you always want something, that means you always are lacking. You ain't got it. You ain't got it. Mm-hmm. When are you gonna be like, you know what, I made ten thousand this month. You never made that in a month. So why are you complaining? Like if you made ten thousand dollars a month for the next two years and you just was making $20,000 working at McDonald's, how can you, it's like people are not content. You have to be content at some point. Not complacent, but content. Mm-hmm. But you got to balance it. Me and Justin just talked about this. You have to be humble enough to be content, but hungry enough to want more. You got to be both. You got to be a balance. But most people are just want, want, want. You got a fried, deep fried lobster with the fried macaroni and all that in your face, and you talking about the funnel cake. Eat that first. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So that's how I think. But yeah, to each his own, bro. Yeah, I don't judge nobody, but I definitely think it has to be a little more, let's show people how to get their mind right. Let's show people how to get rid of insecurities and stuff like that. Because one thing I learned about money, bro, when I got my first $30,000 check, my girl can tell you, I went through a depression. Like, i never seen that much money in my life. I remember I just said $2,000 was the most, mm-hmm. right? My first big check was 30 racks. Not check, but through my business was 30 k Not PPP. I'm talking about like it was like my business. I was eating. I was hustling out the trunk. 30 k in my account. And I remember I was I went through a depression because I wanted that so bad. I wanted it, bro. And I realized I don't worry about food. I don't worry about rent anymore. I don't worry about clothes. I don't worry about any of that. I was like, wait a minute. Now I'm, I'm, I'm realizing I got a depression problem. It's like money don't do nothing. Money is a tool. It's like a screwdriver. You can't use a screwdriver to hammer something. You need a hammer. Money is a tool, bro. Money is going to fix money problems. And it's going to expose the problems that you really got. 
you're not worried about bills no more because you got money. Now let's now you know you're crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not crazy. You know what I'm saying? No, like it's gonna expose you to yourself. That's what money does to a lot of people. That's why you see people jumping off buildings, mm-hmm. killing themselves, drugs, liquor, women, all these things. They trying to mask what really hurts them. Mm. That's why I said I'm very glad that I'm into the situation I am now. Because if I would have made this money or the success that I got now at 20, I probably would have been even more suicidal. Mm-hmm. I've had time to work on my mental, bro, to understand, okay, Trey, you are kind of messed up. You need to heal. Worry about this. Worry about that. Get your faith right. And I'm honored and blessed that I got that time to actually do that. I think we were just talking about that yesterday, right? We were talking about Will Smith. Um, he was talking about like he made all this money and it it really didn't matter. But it's like you could say that now, like that you're rich, mm-hmm. but like sitting there broke, you can't really yeah, bro. can't even picture that. Like yeah, nah, I need this money. And first. that's what's up. And I figure out about the struggle later. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. What they say, I'd rather cry in a Benz than I'd rather cry in a Bentley than a, no, I ain't trying to know, bro. That's not that's not that's not real. I would. <laughs> yeah, I, I, bro. I mean, no, I'm not saying. I, I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. With you. It's nice not having to worry about eating food, rent, right, home, home, home. Yes, but I'm telling you though, it takes a load off your shoulder. It does, but it also you think it takes a load off your shoulder until you realize it's a load back there. And you ain't know what's back there. Right. It kind of just it, it closes one door, opens open six other. more. Uh huh. That's what I'm saying, bro. So it, it, it shit just, that you haven't dealt with, like you know what I'm saying, or even know like, that you knew. Right. I didn't know that I was depressed because it's like this: if you smoke cigarettes for 25. This is what we don't realize about our brains, bro. If you smoke a cigarette for 25 years, bro. My mama been smoking since she was eight, 14 years old. My mama's 60 now. Mm. She can stop smoking right now for the next three years. Is her lungs going to come back? No. Mm-hmm. No. You got to think, the things that I've been through for 28 years, right, so I'm going to say 25 years, that's damage, bro. Mm-hmm. That stuff ain't just going to get fixed because I'm 29, 28. That, that's... I've only been, and I tell people too, but I tell some of my clients, I'm 35, I'm 30. You only been an adult for 10 years. Yeah. Think about that. You only been an adult for 10 years. You think you, you think because you turned 30, you're supposed to have life figured out? No. Right. It's like we got to change our mindsets, bro, and the things we say to ourselves. I always tell people too, like, what you say to your part of self love is saying the right thing to yourself. If you say, like, if I, if I lost an investment and I say, I'm mad at myself, I'm stupid, I'm this, I'm that, imagine your mama telling you, when you bring home a bad grade, you dumbass, I, you, you ain't working hard. I'm pissed at you. You, I'm mad at you. You're going to be in defense mode. You're going to be in protection mode. You're going to be defending yourself against those words. Mm-hmm. But if your mom just simply says, baby, I'm disappointed in you, mm-hmm. you're actually going to aim to do better. If you tell yourself, hey, Trail, I'm disappointed in you. You got to work harder. I'm going to actually work harder. But if I beat myself up and say you failed. Come on, Trail. You, 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 you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You got to talk to yourself right. You got to love you. That's part of self-love, bro. Like, this stuff get deep, bro. I'm starting to really... I got a therapist now and everything, bro. It helps. It really does, bro. I thought therapy was a joke. Mm. No. It's not a joke. Going back to what you said, um, like, people... You said, like, people... Um, like, they're in a rush. Mm-hmm. Like, you only been an adult for 10 years. You think you got to get it figured out by 30. I think people try to compare their lives to other people. Like when you see other people your age or younger doing what you think you could be doing, it kind of, you know, makes you feel like you ain't doing enough. When really, like for men, people like men don't even hit their stride for real to like 40. 40. 40, 45. Man. And they don't make the most money they out of their lives until they're like 50. But we just comparing ourselves to these rappers, to like these gurus and shit like that. 
And it's like, bro, we really got time. But and then it's like the society we living in, it's 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 just a lifestyle. All right, you want it like okay, you think women ain't gonna be attracted to you because you ain't got it, you ain't on this level like that. So mm-hmm. you really trying to build up to this image or build up to this this life, not knowing shit, man. You really got time. You really need to slow the fuck down, bro. That's a that's bro. That's so true. But you know, I'm gonna be honest though, bro. One thing I realize about humans, especially as black men, bro, we're controlling. We try to control everything from our dreams to the women, to the, um, the money we make, to the decisions we make. Every, we, we have to control everything. I've read something recently that says control is fear. That's a fact. You only are, in, you are only being controlling because you're scared that something's going to happen that you don't want to happen, right? If you got your faith in God, right, that's why I really get God and your mental health, bro. Mm-hmm. It's, and hanging around the right people is my top three things, right? So it's like, if you don't got God, you really don't got faith, you don't know everything's going to be up. Because I, I believe in God so much that I don't feel like anything can move me. Nothing's going to rush me. Nothing's going to scare me right now. Mm-hmm. But my faith wasn't like that until now. There's a lot of people walking around here with nothing to believe in. How can you, you don't got nothing to believe in, how are you going to believe in yourself? Uh. Think about that. What you got to, you don't even got nothing outside of you to believe in. You really, how you gonna really believe yourself? If you don't trust yourself, how are you gonna trust other people? If you don't love yourself, how are you gonna love somebody else? All of that stuff go into each other, bro. That's why people really gotta focus on self and not in a selfish way, but in a way where it's like, okay, like I told you one day, I feel like we search for joy and ha- we search for happiness, but you need to really look for joy. And joy is like life insurance, but the only difference is you don't have to die for people to be the beneficiary, right? Life insurance, you got to die for somebody to benefit. Mm -hmm. Joy, you can put that in you and invest in that, like life insurance, and everybody around you is going to benefit. But you got to have faith that, that, like, work on yourself and know, okay, you know, I even told my wife, like, I'm doing everything for me. You and my son are going to benefit, though. You don't have to die. You can live, bro. You know what I'm saying? You got to really love yourself, bro. And people don't do that. And that's why when I go to these masterminds, to go kind of backtrack a little bit, but like when I go to these masterminds, I'll be looking. Who wants to make a million dollars this year? Everybody starts screaming. But if I gave you a million dollars right now, you're gonna, you don't even know, you're not even know what to do with it. Mm. It's all that's why I that's why I don't go to masterminds anymore either. I started to see that. It's like the motivational speaking is a it's crazy, bro. It's cap. It's cap. <laughs> Cause I know when you leave here, you're gonna go do meth. But the thing is, I mean, it's been around for so long. These people are just doing what they've been taught. Like, these, these motivational speakers, they ta- learned the game from somebody else. Yeah. It's like, shit, I, went, I had to go through that. All right, well, I'm going to just do the same thing. Yeah, and it's like, but that's what we live off of. Humans live off of hope. Mm-hmm. And you can sell hope. You can sell dreams. Man, bro, and these people too. might not ever use it in their life, but shit, they got the money. I found out about music. I was like, wait a minute. This is, it's nothing wrong with dreaming. Because you got to think, bro. When I was a kid, what do they tell you? This is why I don't tell my son about Santa Claus, Easter Bunny. Even before my faith, I don't celebrate none of them holidays, period. But, like, I never was. I used to tell my baby mom, like, stop telling our son about Santa Claus. You got to think. They told me from when I was one to five that I could be whatever I want to be. If I said I wanted to be Barney, I could have been Barney. Mm-hmm. They tell you, you could do what you want, little trail. You could do what you want. That's so awesome. Don't let anyone. T-. Then I'm in seven years old now. I want to be a rapper. Oh, it's still cute. But you told me the Santa Claus don't exist anymore. Right. This whole seven years Santa Claus existed, but you just killed a part of my imagination. Mm-hmm. Next year, the Easter Bunny don't exist. Next year, toys, the toys on Toy Story aren't real. Then Barney's not real. Then all this is not real. And now the Tooth Fairy's going too? 
And now I'm 10 years old, you took all that stuff from me, but now you're telling me I can't be a rapper anymore. Now you're telling me I gotta go to school when I'm in high school. It's like they kill your imagination from a baby. Mm. So how would you expect somebody to believe in God? Or it's like you're playing with people's faith, imagination, dreaming, all of the creativity and everything. Mm. It's, bro, it's deep. That's why I, I'm not going to start my son off by killing his imagination. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let him use that to the, his fullest capability, but I'm not going to give him things and take it from him. Because we do, especially black, you know, black parents, if you can't get your son to, a kid for, for, for Christmas, you feel like a bad parent. I got to get something for my kid for Christmas. No, you don't. Mm. Society makes you feel that way. Hmm. And I always thought like that, but I, that's why I had to move away from my family because I would ask my mom things like, why are you a Christian? She would say stuff like, well, because my mom was a Christian. Dad, why are you a Democrat? Well, because my dad was a Democrat. I used to hear people, it's like they treat faith and everything like a hand-me-down. Wait a minute, like, no. Y'all should have, first of all, I should have been told me I was adopted. Y'all should have gave me that. Yeah. But y'all, y'all don't even understand how big of a bomb that was on me. Cause they didn't know what was going on behind closed doors to my family that was going on with me. So it's like they don't, it's like we don't think, bro. That's why I, if I had to do it all again, I would have made sure my mentors right before I had a kid. For real. Like, I'm, I'm, it's a good thing that you waited. Cause you, I'm pretty sure you're in the state right now. If you did have a kid, it would be different than you was when you was 20. It'd be a little harder for what I'm trying to do. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing in my way. Yeah. But like, we gotta be careful what we do with our kids. Cause they really do start there, bro. It starts there. And now you got 25-year-olds that don't even know where to start in their life now. And they're looking at people like Jada and Ari and Moneybag Yo and them. And they're like, well, that must be what's pop. That's, I must, that's, that must be what I'm supposed to do. Mm. No. Mm. That's why social media, I, had to, I literally deactivated my social media yesterday. See, but you had to go through the bullshit to understand, to like get to this point in your life that you, you are aware and you could kind of teach people or help people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's going through the same thing, or it's, you know what I'm saying? Like, so you can't can't feel bad about it, like what you went through. Like, this has only mm-hmm. made you who you are today. Mm-hmm. And putting people around you that really can help nurture that, bro. Mm. Like, I'm so big. Like, I treat life like basketball. When I was, I used to want to box and be a hooper. When I wanted to play basketball and I wanted to get better, I'll play against people that was better than me, stronger than me, taller than me, faster than me, everything. And then when I would go back and play with the people my age and my size, I'll be better than them. We got to treat life that same way. If you want to be better in life, you want to be around people that got more money, smarter, better husbands, better wives, better with accounting, whatever, right? That way, when you come back, you are actually better. I'm not going to be around people that are at the same level as me. Mm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that, I'm not, that, that doesn't make sense to me. I got that out of the um, 33 Strategies of War. Mm-hmm. Basically... You have to, when you choose an enemy, you have to choose an enemy that's like David and Goliath. Like, he chose Goliath. He's he's a way bigger opponent. And what he had to go through to beat him is like now when you go back, it's just life. Like, when you kind of compare your enemy versus like life, like you, you put yourself against like things that are bigger, stronger, faster than you. And like now, when you go back to like regular life, like now it's nothing because I, I didn't I didn't dealt with it. It's it's easy. Daryl, I, I forgot the chapter, bro. It's like you finished it. No, nah, I didn't finish that book. I, I was reading it while I was in prison. I probably read half of it, but that book right there, powerful, bro. That's how I look at life, bro. And I also treat life like a toolbox. And it might sound pretentious to some people, but I don't care. Like I literally everybody around me 
is good at something because I understand people say, Trill, you're so smart. No, I'm not. I'm not smart. And I hate using that word because smart is not a real thing to me. Like smart just means that you regurgitate it. You learned something, you read it, you copied it, and you repeated it. Mm-hmm. I think being cre- innovative and creative is way more important and essential than being smart mm-hmm. because I know that I'm not that smart. So I'll, what I do to protect myself, like insurance is, I'll put somebody around me that, you know, that's a doctor. I have Crohn's disease. I don't know everything. So it's like, oh, I got to have it. I got a doctor homie. I got a lawyer homie. I got a, a marriage counselor homie. I got a, I got all of these people. It's like a toolbox. So when I need to pick up that screwdriver, I got it. I'm not walking around here trying to, you know what I'm saying? I feel like I'm just really intentional about how I move. Mm-hmm. People be like, that's how I, I really, when it comes to building relationships, bro, I'm so intentional with it. But I'm also, no, I also know I bring my own value and it's not always money in. Mm-hmm. Our trail got the, Boom. It's like, no, I have my own value and it's unique. And I show that. That's why I'm able to be around y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all would never know that Trail was going through anything. Somebody was like, uh, what they say? It was like, uh, Trail be everywhere. Yeah, I do. How? They don't even know what I do. Mm. It's not, that's, that's the point though. I don't have, I'm being me. You know what I'm saying? I'm really being me. And it took me a while to get here and I'm embracing that, bro. I'm happy. Great story though. Thank let's, you. let's close off though but um yes sir tell people where they can find you man ig man you can find me at website t-r-e-l-l-s-c-e-o or you can find the, um, the clothing brand at cancer brand it's gonna pop right up pink logo we can't survive mm-hmm. website is cancerbrand.com and i don't know if i'm gonna do i don't know if i'm doing any coaching right now but any more coaching but you can hit me up we'll see what we can put together um, i got some stuff coming this year some big stuff. Stay in tune. Um, yeah, bro, I appreciate you having me come on. For real, for real. For sure. Thank y'all for tuning in. It's another great episode. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Like, comment. I'm going to leave the um, link in the description to get some merch for both of them, actually. So, thank y'all for tuning in. Until we meet again, Rich and Unemployed. Rich and Unemployed. Oh, boy. That was a good hour. That was an hour? Mm-hmm. Damn. <laughs> that felt quick, bro. Yeah. I didn't even. And that was dope, bro. That's.